So we are continuing in our, our series to, to talk about vision, to talk about calling, to talk in particular about these three main pillars, if you will, that I believe God has, has called us to as a church. The first one that we talked about a couple of weeks ago was love and grace. We believe in love and grace. Thank you, sir. The second thing that we, we've been talking about, we talked about last week, of course, was reconciliation and connection. And today, the third thing that we're going to talk about is the idea of truth and authenticity. These three things, I believe, are kind of, if you were to have some pillars of real life church, that, that these are the things that kind of hold us up. These are the things we believe in, that we kind of lean on, if you will. And so today we're going to talk about truth. And uh, the idea that, that truth and grace work together, we, we've shared that a good bit because grace and, and truth just fit for a reason. Grace, for example, we have grace for a reason. Okay, it's, it's given for us, if you will, to get up again in order that we can live what is true. Grace is not something where we just continue living a life that's unhealthy and we just continue just to pour out grace like, oh, well, that's okay. As the video, like, no, that's, you know, I know you think that's a blue balloon. I know you think that's a green balloon. And you can go on believing that for the rest of eternity. Grace is not given for the sake of just grace. Love is not given just for the sake of love. It's given so that people can live in truth, that they can live knowing the, the health, living, having a healthy, well-directed life. Grace, essentially, then, is, is no good without truth. If you don't have truth, you're not heading in the right direction. You're not living life according to reality. Truth is key. Truth is, in, is important. And now the only problem that we face is that a lot of people do not want to hear the truth, do they? Sometimes sharing the truth can be a very, uh, very difficult thing because of the idea that people don't want to hear it. You saw a good example of that with a video. You know, how dare you judge me for saying that the balloon is yellow and, and it's not red and you know, were you raised, you know, my mom told me that this is such and such. And, and so speaking the truth and sharing the truth with people cannot always be, it's not, a, it's not always a very difficult, it's not always an easy thing. I can't spit it out today to do. Let me give you some examples, okay? So you have all been in situations that you really knew you sh needed to share the truth with someone, but it was difficult. Imagine, if you will, Someone who is a close friend of yours. And this friend, every time you're around them, stinks. They smell. And you love this friend, and you just don't quite know how in the world you're going to approach this because, you know, if you just go up and tell your friend, hey, you stink, first of all, that could be pretty offensive. You know, may not be taken so well. And you can continue to love that person and continue to be gracious with that person. And that's important that you, that you share truth with love. That You know, your attitude matters, I think, the way that you talk to someone, right? The way that you interact with someone. But literally, no matter how you approach that situation, and David's like, God, I hope he's not talking about me. He's like, 
You know, yeah. Well, you know, no matter how you approach that with the most loving and kind way that you can, it's going to be a difficult conversation. Because there is going to be that moment when someone is faced with the truth, it's like, you know what? You're going to have to do something about the odor that is emanating from your body. Now, what do you do about that? Do you are you the person that just continues to let things go on and on? You know, because that person is missing out, really, and he's wondering why all his conversations are short. He's wondering why no one wants to come over to his house. He's wondering, you know, if you never tell the truth, how compassionate and loving are you really? That's a, that's a, that's a silly example. But, you know, one of the most you know, recent things for me that I think about is a conversation that I had with Diane. You know, we, uh, for my health... She has been continually telling me about a year, well, it's been about a year now, you know, you need to consider what you eat. You need to consider, you know, you've, you've, you know it's, that's a hard conversation to have, but I remember finally just kind of having an argument with her because that was my response. But it's an argument that I'll be hopefully forever thankful for because it caused change within me. Being face-to-face with the truth Causes things to change. I remember another moment where Diane always has this idea that, you know, if you get down to a quarter of a tank of gas, then that's time to fill it up. Does anybody else share that philosophy? I've always, she's right, that is the truth, that is the red balloon. I've always been under the philosophy that's like, eh, I've got so many, so many miles, and I will just ride it out until I, you know, I'm like barking out fumes, and I'll fill it up. It's kind of like the mentality that you have with your phone, right? You let that go all the way down, the battery will last longer. I don't know why, but that's, you know. And so she's told me that, and I just kind of like, oh, we've got plenty of gas. We don't really need to stop right now. And I, until one night that I was coming home, this is a long time ago, and I, I was working for a, a fast food place. Well, I was working for Five Guys. I was coming home from closing down Five Guys. You get the short the store all mopped out. You know, leaving. It's around 11 or so at night. And I look at, ah, I'm, I'll be all right. And I'm cruising down the road, and all of a sudden, it's just this, this sputtering to the point of like, oh, my gosh, on the interstate. I ran out of gas. And so I'm off to the side of the road, and so I try to call her, which is an impossibility which is something I hope that the truth, not in such a negative way ever, but that she turns her phone off of silent. She lives with it on silent, which is not helpful for anybody else. Calling for help, you know, to say, hey, I'm out of gas, out of gas. There is no answer. There is no response after like 20 phone calls. I have to climb over the guardrails and, and, and walk to the nearest gas station buy a, a small thing, you know, tank of gas type thing, carry it back to get home. There are times when you're faced with the truth that, that and, and, until you're faced with the truth, things don't change. You know, so the question is, is what kind of, of people will we be? You know, are you the kind of person when you see something on someone else's shirt, you point it out to them? They're like, hey, your, your hair's messed up, your fly's down. You're the, you know, those are all small things, but now if you take that same principle and you, and you deal with someone's actual life with more important issues, salvation being the most important thing, 
but the things that people face, are we willing to be people of truth? Are we willing to speak truth? And speaking truth takes courage because it can be very unpopular. It can be very difficult to be a, a speaker of truth. But I want us to look at, at some scripture this morning to kind of address this and begin to think through it. Let's turn to Ephesians 4.25 and take a look. I've got a few different verses here. Ephesians 4.25. If you're flipping in your Bibles, General Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So Ephesians 4.25 It says this, it says, Therefore, and I'm reading out of the ESV, Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Set aside falsehood and speak truth with your neighbor. Now that in particular is, uh, is talking, I believe, about the church but this idea of speaking truth to one another. It's important when you realize that if you don't know the truth, if you're not faced with the truth, you're not growing, you're not changing. Things will remain the same. Let's take a look at John chapter 8, verse 32. These are some, some passages that I'm sure you're very familiar with. So in 8.32, this is a very key verse. I'm going to back up actually in 31. It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. In the word we find truth. And he says this in verse 32. And he says, And you will know, because you've been abiding in my word, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. This abiding means living with, it means taking it in. If you, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. For me, in the simplest of ways, losing weight, taking that in, even though I did not want to hear it and was angry and frustrated about it, caused change. It's caused some, some major changes in my life that have caused me to really understand a whole bunch of freedom in a lot of ways, and to really live life. Yesterday, I don't know if I've ever done this, maybe except when I was in high school. I ran six miles on the beach barefoot in the sand. One of the best experiences I've ever had on the beach, and it was running, which just sounds sick to some of us probably. It's like, ugh, yeah, I'm not a runner. But I am. I loved it, and I, and I enjoyed it. But if we don't take that kind of truth in, it, it leads down to it, nothing changes. Things continue to hurt us. Things continue to pull us away. The truth when it comes to Whatever aspect of life that we, different aspects of life we face, we need to know the truth to be set free, to really live life the way that God has called us to live it. Again, this living the truth is not about these checkboxes that God just made some arbitrary list of, thing, of ways we should live just so that he could say, yeah, you're not doing this, you are doing this. There's a reason behind it. There's a there's a blueprint, if you will, that says that if you live this kind of life, and we see it laid out from the Old Testament to the New Testament, that you'll be blessed, that you will live a full life. John 10.10 talks about Jesus wanting us to have abundant life, which means that there are people that are 
sort of living life, and there are people that, aren't, that, that, are, that are really living it. If you want to live life to the full, the best way to do that is to live it according to the way God intended. God is not a cosmic killjoy. He is not out to, to ruin your life. He's out to give you life. And so he says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Knowing the truth sets you free, but it's not always a comfortable endeavor. It's not always a comfortable process, is it? Let's look at another, let's look at another verse that speaks of truth. In John 14, 6, Jesus is talking here. And this is what he says. Um, Jesus said to him, uh, and speaking to Thomas, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. It all, it all makes sense. So this morning, as we consider this, this aspect, we're talking about truth and authenticity today. Speak truth. Be a speaker of truth. But the way, again, that that comes across is important, isn't it? This is something that, that we find in Scripture as well. What, how do you speak the truth? In particular, the, the truth has to, be, has to be spoken in love. Let's take a look at what Scripture has to say about that in Ephesians 4 again. We're going to go back there. and We're going to look at verse 15. Ephesians 4, 15. Ephesians 4.15, we've heard this before. It says, rather, speaking the truth in what? In love. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. Speaking the truth in love. It says, um, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. And if you continue, it says, From whom the whole body, joined and held together, this is the church, by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The truth needs to be spoken in love. Who are the people that you listen to the most? The ones that you would consider that, that love you. There are people that, you know, if you were to consider them your enemy, not that, you know, we could talk about the aspect of that another time, but you, you're, more, you're not likely to listen to what they have to say. But you are likely to listen to those that love you. It doesn't mean that it's always an easy conversation. As I mentioned, Diane and I had the argument about me losing weight that time. But, it, but I knew that she loved me. I knew that she cared about me. I knew she was telling me something that was difficult to hear, but it was for my own good. It was for my growth. It was for my development. It was for change. It was because she loved me, and she wanted me around longer. Right? I hope. <laughs> yeah. So be speakers of truth, but speak truth in love. When it comes to sharing the truth of the gospel with others, then, one of the things that, that comes to mind is that 
you know, how do you speak the truth with people? How do you, if you're going to speak the truth in love, that means that the people that we're speaking to, I think we need to work on developing some level of a relationship with. How do people know that you love them? You know, there, there's time that's spent. There's, they, they're, they're able to see uh, a piece of your heart, to be able to, to understand a little bit more about you, which I think is very difficult to receive that kind of truth sometimes from a stranger. We're not always able to develop close relationships with people that need to know the truth. But the way that we say it, you want to say it in such a way that your heart is exposed. We're going to talk more about that here in a second because I, I think this is a key part of who we are as a church. And we'll, we'll dig into this a little bit deeper. But be speakers of truth, and not only that, be speakers of truth in love. Now, this, this aspect of love is important as well because the love that we have must, must be genuine. It must be real. Let's take a look at um, some more scripture. Be turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8. Second Corinthians 8, 8 says, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others. He's talking about something else until he gets to this point. He says, but that your love also is genuine. This need for genuine love. Take another flip, a real quick flip to Romans 12, 9. Just to kind of lay out the point. Romans 12, 9 says this, very simple. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. But at the beginning of that says simply this, let love be genuine. How do you know if love is real or not? How do you know if it's genuine? I kind of want to open it up. I'm kind of curious as to what it is that you, what it is that you see, in your opinion, that helps you to know that someone's, that they really love you. Selfless acts. What do you mean by their actions more specifically? Okay, it's good. Mm. Not doing something just once, but over a period of time. I like that. And I, I kind of wrote down something similar to that in a way because I, I wrote this down. Genuine love walks with you and it goes the distance. It does not abandon you know, it's not with you for a little while. It's, um, <clears throat> it's with you there for the long walk. 
you know, it's with you for the long haul. It doesn't give up easily. Oh, wait, I'm starting to sound like we're reading the, 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 the love description here. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's all these things. But it doesn't, it doesn't just give up. It doesn't just, just walk away. People give up pretty easily on things. They're, they're easy to quit. You know, we want things to come quick. You know, that's just the, the, the general nature of, of how people are, unfortunately. But genuine love, I believe, does walk with you. It goes a distance. It doesn't abandon. You know, it's there with you through the long haul. And so, speak, be speakers of truth. Speak truth in love and, and genuine love. So, love must be genuine. It must be real. It goes the distance. It, it's lasting. Um, it's real. That's what the word genuine means. It's the real deal. This isn't the fake stuff. Like you said, everyone can look or appear like they love you. People know, too, don't they? And if you're going to share the truth with someone, if you're going to love someone, they, they, get a, they can get a pretty good idea, you know, but just based on who's talking to them. What has your previous relationship with this individual been? You know, you ever had someone tell you something and you're like, who are you? You ever had that response? Who are you? to tell me that. It's like, there's absolutely no relationship and you're coming down on me? Who are you to, to tell me such and such? This is the last part of this that I think is very unique to, uh, I believe, who we are as a church. And that's the aspect we said, you know, this, this, this last point is about, is about truth and authenticity. It's about being authentic people is that we, as believers, as Christians, as a church, must be genuine people. We must be authentic people. Um, let's take a look at some passages here real quick, and then I'll kind of lay that out a little bit more. We're going to look at, since we're already in Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Um, I'll explain this in a moment, but Romans 12.3 says, for, the, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has, that God has assigned. So this idea of not thinking of yourself more highly than you should think. When, when you find yourself in church many times, and we've mentioned this, I think, last week, maybe the week before, sometimes it's kind of like Facebook. You know, on Facebook, you know, if we're, we go out to eat, we had breakfast with some of the kids yesterday, and we had this fancy breakfast, and then so we're all kind of taking pictures of each other, you know, and we take about seven pictures to choose the one. And we're not going to put the one where we're like, you know, we look all goofy. We're going to choose the very best picture, the very best representation of who we are and put that on Facebook. And church has been a lot like that. You know, everyone kind of brings the best presentation of themselves because after all, this is church, you know. And so everyone's just kind of smiling, you know, smiley, happy people and Everything's great. Everything's fine all the time. You know, if you've had a crappy weekend, you're like, yeah, it was a little rough, but blah, blah, blah. We always put a nice spin on it. We put the filter, right? 
put the filter on it, and it looks great. It's kind of like our life is cropped in and just looks all perfect. But see, life isn't that way, is it? It isn't a Facebook shot. It isn't uh, I get to present the best out of seven. A genuine person, a genuine, a genuine individual, I believe, are people that are open and transparent. And they're actually people who ha have mistakes. They admit that there are mistakes in their life. There are, there are hairs out of place, you know. They, there are stinky, smelly things. There are stuff that they're, you know, real people, you know. Uh, genuine people have flaws. And if you are in a church that you never see flaws, you never see that until you're going to see them eventually. It's going to crack, you know. If you don't see that and people aren't real about that, that's not genuine, right? So we want to be a genuine people. And so in Romans 12, it says, don't, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. In 2 Corinthians, let's take a look at another passage. 2 Corinthians, uh, we'll just start it at 2, and then I've got another one in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 2, 17. Let's see what this one is here. Paul is speaking here. He says, For we are, are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. It's like we're, the, we're trying to be the real deal here. 2 Corinthians 11, let's look at another one, 2 Corinthians 11.30. He says this, it's pretty interesting. Paul, once again speaking, he says, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Boast of my weaknesses. Because who we are really is all because of Christ. It's all because of the love and grace of Christ. We are no, nobody without him. Paul wasn't afraid to share his weaknesses. He wasn't afraid to, to say that he, he had issues. There's a, another chapter in, I think it's 2 Corinthians, that talks about him messing up and he wants to do good, the good that he wants to do, he can't do. Call it the doo-doo chapter because you hear the word do, do-do-do over and over so many times. You know, I want to be like this and I'm not like this. And finally gets to the end, it's like, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for grace. Because I'm a real individual with real struggles and real problems. And we have got to be a church then where, where we do speak the truth, but we also understand that we are, we are imperfect people. We are authentic people in the sense that we have flaws, that we have a need for grace, and people need to realize, they need to be able to see that, that, yeah, these, this is a place of truth, but these are real people that are dependent on the grace and love of Christ. Because if we realize that we're dependent on the love and grace of Christ, then we have no problem offering that to others. You know, we're just as thirsty as everybody else is the love and grace of Christ. So I want to go back for a moment and just kind of lay these, lay these out to you one more time. These, these three particular things that we believe, we believe in love and grace. Again, because this is where it begins, people need to know that they're loved. They can be forgiven for anything. 
We believe in reconciliation and connection. People need to be reconciled with God and reconnected with the very source of life. Again, it's that that phrase we've shared over and over, that life doesn't make any sense without Jesus. There needs to be a reconciliation with God, a forgiveness, so that they understand what it means to live the very best life. That's what God wants for all of us. He does want good things. Um, So love and grace, reconciliation and connection, and then, of course, truth. We believe in truth and authenticity. That grace we mentioned earlier is no good without the truth. Yes, we love you, but if this doesn't change, you're not going to really experience all that you should. You're just hurting yourself. You're just fooling yourself. If you never hear the truth, it's like you just you want to hear people lie to you. We lie to ourselves so very often. Ah, it's not that big a deal. Do we really want to hear people lie to us? Do we want to believe and accept and take in lies? We probably do for a little while, you know. There's some things we don't want to face. But ultimately, we really do want the truth to live a solid and a, and a, and a, a, a love-filled, pleasing life, a life that makes sense. So truth and authenticity, to be around other people that, that are real, because other real people you can actually talk to about the issues you have. You can actually be comfortable to hear the truth from other people that are broken as well. You don't want to hear the truth from someone that's completely got it all together, do you? I don't. Oh, a little Miss Perfect or something. Again, you, know. you know what I'm saying. And, and the truth is that every one of us is broken. Every one of us is in desperate need of the grace of God. Let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you so much for your word today. We're, we're grateful for the truth because it's transformational. It's life-changing. We're grateful, Lord, that you are truth, Lord, and you are love. and You are grace, and those things come together, and they... They make all the difference. Lord, we love you this morning, and we're, we're thankful for forgiveness and the grace that you've shown us. We're thankful for our salvation because of what you've done for us on the cross. Lord, help us to be a church that, that, that carries these principles in, a, in, a, in just a strong and shining, shining manner. Help us to represent you well. Help us to make a difference. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. We pray. Have I said?